the Clyde Broadcast Podcast, bringing to you inspiring broadcast stories and the latest in broadcast technology. I am Osato EDK here with actual Nigerian television royalty. A round of applause for ambassadors Isaac Moses and Ineka Isaac Moses. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I mean, all first, I know we had a chat before the mic switched on and I've been gobbling up so much knowledge. So thank you very much for this little masterclass already. Mm, um, wow. I, I just want to know, I mean, I see you both beaming with smiles, but you've you created a, a TV brand that has just impacted so many people over the years. You launched in 1999. Yeah. Correct. And next year, it'd be 25 years. Absolutely. Yes. Over 40 million people watch you. Weekly. How does that make you feel? Honestly, I don't feel any different. Really? I'm myself. Because the thing is, do not let all these things get into you. You have to, you have to be, you say, because without your viewers, you're nobody. So it doesn't make me feel any special because the viewers too are special mm -hmm. for finding time to tune in and watch my show. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel honored, I feel humbled, and uh, I'm grateful. All right. You know, yes. So I, I also have to ask this because it's not many times you see such an uh, endearing and enduring, if you like, on-screen couple <laughs> over the years on Nigeria, on any sort of television anywhere in the world. I was reading up and <laughs> you, <laughs> you met on... Uh, Interesting thing, how you met. <laughs> Story, how you met. Yes. We can say that you went to look for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you you trouble, right? And you gave him trouble. Yeah. <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, go ahead. No, why should I tell the story? Tell the story. Tell it. There was, there was, there was some hitting involved. Yeah, I know. But you know, you guys have a way of um, making women feel defenseless. So mm. I had to stand up for myself. What yes. happened is that when I set off a movie, yes. um, I think it's Love in Vendetta. Absolutely. Uh, in 1996. Yes. And, well, I was supposed to play his girlfriend in that movie. See? So, <laughs> so, so uh, we got behind um, the closed doors. Yeah. And when the... Uh, it was a rehearsal. Was, <laughs> when the producer says action, we're not supposed to open the door and come out. So... Yes. While we were there, and I was thinking of the first thing I'm supposed to say, was my first movie, by the way. And then, oh, wow. Yeah. And then he goes, he looks at me and just grabs me and kissed me like he <laughs> knew don't, me before. Do, do, don't, don't make it seem as if, I mean, I, I, I'm used to doing that. No, I, I was don't know trying what to you, get well, into at character. The time, <laughs> at the time, I don't know what he was trying to do. So yes. I wriggled free mm. and made good use of my right hand. <laughs> On his left cheek. Oof. And then I was expecting a big mm. fight. And he goes, I'm sorry, baby. Oh. And then, you know, the next thing that ensued, the director says, action. <laughs> so there was no time to go through what just happened. Mm -hmm. I came out, I wasn't as happy as, as I should be because yes. I felt rough handled mm -hmm. that he did that. But then, well, after the whole thing, he came back and found his way to my house mm -hmm. to come and apologize mm -hmm. That he was just trying to get into character. Exactly. I keep saying the same thing. I was trying to get into character. I didn't mean to be um, macho or, yeah. you know. <laughs> you so know. when do you plan to get out of character? Because you still... It's been a long time, sir. <laughs> well, now one thing, well, one thing led to another, you yes. know, and um, here we are. And the following year we got married. That is just a brilliant story. Yes. Yeah, from, from something so, you know, and then you are here now all these years. So, so, so. 
Maybe. I'm saying maybe she actually liked it. Maybe. Please, let's not I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it then because I didn't know who uh, you were. Uh, uh. But later, when you revealed your good self, uh, then I said, let me say that. I was glad you did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see? And you've built so many things together. You've built a family together. You've built yeah. businesses together. That's and right. I just want to know how you were able to translate from building a family together to knowing that you were going to build a media company together. When did that conversation happen? How did you know? Well, it happened naturally. Mm. You see, as, as you start something, you watch the reaction of your partner or the person with whom you are working with. And I noticed that she showed some level of interest. And I decided, look, why don't we do this together? When I came up with the idea of Gogi Africa, it was, it was actually a radio. I had it in mind for radio. Dance Africa. Dance Africa. And she said, why don't you do this thing for TV? Because she was into costuming then. And I can dress you up mm -hmm. in beautiful costumes yeah. so people can see. And I said, okay. TV is a bit capital intensive and mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of money. However, if you're going to do this, then we'll have to present together so that those who would watch this show because of me and those who would watch because of you. So together we'll have a lot of viewership. So let's unless you're coming in as a presenter. She said, no, she's never presented before. Why would she start now? Mm -hmm. I said, anyway, it's not a live program. Mm -hmm. If you make a mistake, we'll do it again and again until we get it right. Yeah. And it's only the good one that will be put out there. So that was how, you know, she, I copped her into it. And um, here we are today. The program is growing stronger. And, um, and back then, we're doing practically everything ourselves. Yes. She was doing the script. I was directing the show. And you were reading the script. And I was reading the script. You know, we just we were producing our thing. Wow. You know? Let me tell you, if you didn't know, the only reason I accepted to do that was because I can sell my male clothing. It was your model. Yeah, he's yes. like my model. And I was modeling the female clothing oh, yeah. on the show. So I said, well, this is a good business um, mm -hmm. Sense. opportunity. Yeah. That is so brilliant because, I mean, I, I grew up watching that. I mean, everybody knows the theme song. My right. producer, you were just having a chat yeah. about the masquerades and the montage. Yeah. Like, okay. And I, I haven't had the chance in my life here to travel to as many countries as, as I'm sure you have. You've been everywhere, yeah. all over the world. A lot of places. But the thing I, I, always, I always ask is for people who do a lot of traveling, especially with your experience doing it for television and so on, do you still get any sort of culture shocks? Oh, oh yeah, sure, yes, sure. It, it will never stop. Can you tell me a few? Like, okay. Well, in Ethiopia, I had to eat raw meat. Why raw beef? It's their yeah. culture. Kitful. And uh, and you're you're giving such when you are a valued guest. Mm. Well, the tradition of that raw meat came when back in the days when they were having um, I think intertribal wars. Yeah. So when you're in the bush and you're so hungry. You, you kill an animal and you try to roast it. Yeah. The smoke gives you away. Yes. Gives away your location. Yes. And then, you know, they will just... a bomb drops exactly. there. Bomb? There will no bomb. They will just circle them and slaughter them. Okay. So now what happens is that they kill the meat and they drink the blood raw and eat the meat raw. Mm. And that makes you a strong man or woman at war. So they translated that into becoming part of their culture over time. So that was a big culture shock. Um, another one was, okay, this is on a lighter note. Yes. Um, I went to, we went to Opobo mm -hmm. and I was wearing my jeans and t-shirt at the time. 
I was, he had trained me to be a camera person because my, I have very strong, steady hands. Yes. So, <clears throat> while we were trying to cross into Opobo, then there was no road to Opobo. And one woman called me and said, you can't come into Opobo town dressed like that. She had to give me a wrapper. I didn't have a single wrapper. She gave me a wrapper to tie it around my waist so that my trouser would not show. Yeah. And that's the only way I'll be admitted into the town. And I realized that as a woman <clears throat> in Opobo, you can't walk around in trousers or knickers and all of that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, I've also, I'm also really interested in the intricacies in because you self-produced for a long time yeah. and it's your it's really your content, it's your IP and everything. That's right. But shopping it to all these TV houses, the air for you must have been. I mean, there's NTA, you've done uh, DBN, AIT, AIT, Mnet these days. Yes, Mnet. Stuff on you online now as well. How how was that process? Getting people to buy in to what your vision at the time. You see, we had a program. We had a content that was unique. Mm. Not many people were using culture as their main content. Yes, and that was what we were doing, packaging it right mm-hmm. and and selling it out there. As a matter of fact, some TV station felt we could not sustain it, but somehow we did. And it's it's like. Every station wants something that is uh, a content that is unique. So, and no, you don't have two of it on any channel. So it's very uniquely African, you know, so they all wanted it. And what we did was to, to bring the content and they bring a, a good airtime. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, here at Africast, a lot of stations are still asking, Demanding oh, well, for it. how can we get your, your content? Yes. And I said, okay, sure. Give me your contact. Take my contact. Yeah. Call me after this event and we can talk. And you know, when we started, mm-hmm. we started with um, Mini DV. So even the quality at the time, 20 yeah. something years ago, digital, high. we started with digital, was quite high. And I remember the general manager of NTA at the time, he took a, a look at it and said, at, the, at that time we had about five episodes only. Yeah. He looked at it and said, this is very good and it's in good quality. How am I sure you maintain this quality and you'll be able to continue to produce? Do you have a funding? We said, no, but we will. Hmm. He said, I'll take you on your word. He just signed us on like that. We went to um, AIT. DBN, MITV. Chief Raymond Dokbasi looked at it and just said, one look. call them. I need to see these people. We came in. He said, you're on. Give them a good airtime. So we got that sort of leverage cross board, you know. And what we did is to maintain the quality as soon as something new comes out in terms of broadcast we try to acquire it and before you know it i mean good market they say sells yes you know itself yeah. exactly yes and and i have to ask because earlier we were speaking just before we started recording about how your success have birthed successes now we have you know travel influencers people who are doing traveling mm-hmm. for social media and That's so right. on and i i follow them as well because I've, I've always loved travel content and one of the things that they say it's just how difficult it is to get around on a green passport, on a green Nigerian yeah, passport. Correct. That's how did you people do it? We withered it. See, yeah. I saw a post on social media saying that Nigerians are, you know, full of Nigerians. Uh, a lot of Nigerians are incarcerated in Ethiopian prison. Mm. And because I had been through Ethiopia, Ball International, several times, yeah. and we're not disrespected. It turned out that if that... That airport is like, it's like a, uh, a transit point for people peddling drugs to other countries. Wow. So if you are involved in that or if you are found in any way, they would slow you down. 
they'll stop you. They'll put you in their jail. So the thing is, we, we, we moved around a lot with Nigerian passports, and we, we know what we faced, right? Some, like in South Africa, mm. remember? Mm. They didn't trust us. They felt Nigerians can't just come here just to interview artists. They probably have other reasons behind their visit here. Mm -hmm. So, so they, they were, the artists weren't showing up. Nobody wanted else to talk to them. But when they found out that really and truly these Nigerians actually are here to talk to the likes of Brenda Farsi, Chalpa, Ringo Madlingozi, you know, I mean, yeah. a, a lot of their artists. Sure. And then they opened the, the record company, Sony, um, Gallo, Gallo Music. Music mm. And all of that. So they opened up and the artists were all over us wanting to be and interviewed. just a few days left. Exactly, just After a few we days spent left. like two weeks of exactly. non-action. Yeah. Trying to prove our but, authenticity. But I understand... Because we had a Nigerian passport. Yeah. I understand <laughs> what uh, young people are going through. It, it's, it's not, not any different uh, at the time we started. The green passport is not uh, the easy passport to anywhere. Yeah. But what we, what, what we had for us is, first of all, we are on traditional media, we're on TV. So, but you couldn't Google us at the time because yeah. there, there was no Google. Yeah, exactly. But because we started crawling before we ran, for South Africa, saving grace was the fact that we, we met some, there's this artist we met in Benin Republic. Uh, remember, the two French uh, artists, artists yeah. they came from France. They actually were media people. We met them, so they already know what we, we do. So when we went to South Africa and were encountering these difficulties, we called them and said, see what we are going through. Said, don't worry. We know Nikki Blumenfeld. She's an on-air personality. She, yes. On a radio station. Kaya so, FM. Yes. Is it Kaya FM? Yeah. I think it's Kaya. Yeah. So, so what, 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 yeah, okay. yeah, what, you know Nikki? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I listen to Kaya now. Okay. I don't know that yeah. Nikki's still so, there. Okay. okay, cool. So Nikki now went on radio, called us for an interview. And after that interview, Ooh. everybody that we ever wanted to see lined up. <laughs> they, didn't call, they lined, lined up, up even before we left the station. That mm. was when we met people like Brenda Farsi. Yeah. And all the record companies were like, please come. Nigeria is a big market. So yeah. they were, because when we started, we started with playing African music yes. and mixing it up yes. with destination marketing. Yes. So that's what happened. It's never easy mm -hmm. to travel with a Nigerian passport. And, of course, and it's we, not getting easier when, anyway. When we came back with interview of such, you know, South African acts, yeah. including some fashion designers from South Africa, yeah. every TV station wanted to have wanted it. To have it yeah. The content was, you know, yeah. and some people even thought we were South Africans. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know? That's so impressive. Yeah. I also want to know, because you've traveled around a lot, I'm sure you've visited some destinations repeatedly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, which of the destinations would you say, when you first went there, we're really sure of the vibe you're getting, but when you went back, it got better or probably worse. Were there any situations like that? Mm. When we first visited Ethiopia, mm. we were... It was a big welcome, remember? Yes, but first time. people told us that we're going to die of starvation. Oh, no. That there's no, that there's <laughs> we, no food. Yes, we oh, wanted yes. to get our tickets. Yeah. And... Um, and they were, yes, they were yeah. saying, Ethiopia, those Ethiopia. people are hungry. Hungry. You, you won't get food to eat. And so, but we said we we're going anyway. Yeah. So when we went, we were a bit skeptical, yes. but then they put us in their best hotel. Yeah. And we really enjoyed it. Exactly. But I'll answer your question generically. The places that we've been to, that we're, we're not always sure of the vibes of the French-speaking countries because in, Africa. We don't, we, yes. in Africa. Because we don't speak French. We don't speak French. We don't speak the local language, except for Benin Republic, where you can pass with a little Yoruba. Yes. So for French-speaking countries, 
it's uh, they they take you with a pinch of salt mm. and they don't warm up to you easily do yeah. nigeria you understand the yeah. nigerians yeah. so they yeah. have a pre conception of who we are yes and uh, what they think we want out of their country yes but when we go but over time we will visit the francophone countries with a french-speaking guy uh, among yeah. the crew yeah. yes it makes it a lot it easier we so we, the hard yes way. so usually we are we don't know what to expect you know but by the time we visit such a place again they know us now mm -hmm. and we'll come back again like in the republic yes we come back again. Senegal. Senegal. They have become friends. Yeah. You know, ah, he knows that. Isaac, Isaac Moise. Isaac, Isaac Moise. <laughs> you know? And they call me Nika. Nika. Isaac Moise. Yeah, je m'appelle Isaac Moise. Googie you know? Africa. Googie Africa. Yeah. Africa. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, that is... one interesting thing that happened, talking about French language, mm. is that many years ago, we got invited by Chad. They wrote us, their Ministry of Tourism, they wrote us a letter in French. And we didn't know that was an invitation. We got the letter, we looked at it, we put it aside because we had been invited by the president of the Gambia. Yeah. We went to Gambia from Gambia. The yeah. next invite was Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. So we just kept running. And there's this guy that speaks French that came to work for us. And he stumbled on that letter. We actually forgot the letter. He stumbled on it and he's like, wow, the French government, their Ministry of Tourism, yeah, wants you to come for a particular you. festival. Yeah. Did you go? How did this? And I said, wait, well, let me see the letter. <laughs> I said, oh my God, we didn't know what was written in there. Yeah. And, the and we didn't care. We, we, you know, not that we yeah. didn't care. We just got overwhelmed by yeah. the information we understood. Yes, yeah, right. You know, the English written letters and all yeah, of that. Yeah. I remember those days you post the letters, post office. It's not yes, take some time. Yeah, take right. some time. Take some time. By the time we got round to it, the festival had passed and we're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Missed yeah. a chance to go to chat. There was a time we were always visiting Paris mm -hmm. every World Music Day. This supported day. by yeah, the supported French, by the French Alliance Francaise, Alliance Francaise. Alliance Francaise. and uh, Air France. Mm -hmm. So now on this particular one, we went to interview Manu de Bango. Okay. Manu, you know Manu de Bango? Yes. A Cameroonian, but he yes. lived yes. in Paris almost yes. all his life. Yeah. So while there, because we couldn't speak. French. Manu de Bango understands a word of English, you know, yeah. possible English. Yeah. Yes. So while there, he had his crew members. His band the, members. His yeah. band members. One of them was called Relema. Relema. Right? He said <coughs> that if Manu de Bango speaks English to us, that he would live, he would quit the band. Yes. If he grants us an, an interview in, in French, English. that he will leave. He will leave. Now, how come these guys come here? and force us to speak English. Wow. How in hell did they get the visas in the first place? Oh why, why, I mean, why can't they learn to speak French before they come here? How could they come here and make us speak English? If you speak English with them, I'm going to quit this band. So Madame now started thinking of all the broken French <laughs> view, come up with. You know? So I went to him, I say, ah, Monsieur Relima, uh, mon ami, <laughs> s'il vous plaît, mon <laughs> ami. Um, Merci. Um, um, French, ampu, um, ampu. Um, 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 uh, um, merci, um, mon ami. I was just throwing everything out. Yeah, he just yeah, at me. I started yeah, laughing. Yeah. Give me a hug and started speaking English. Oh, that's brilliant. And that honestly, this guy spoke good English. Yes. yes. I couldn't imagine that he was they that do. They do. Actually, they, difficult. They, they do. English speaking um, Africans yeah. or African country, yeah. I think we are, we are we're a bit pompous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The French people make efforts to mm. learn yes. English, yes. but we feel like 
it's not necessary. Yeah. We're looking up to America, England. As I a matter think of our fact, world is complete. Yes. French is our second language here. Yeah. Yes, that's why it's I actually quite agree. And you know, we're just speaking because I was actually actually going to ask you, how come you haven't picked up French going to Paris all this well, time? It's a shame because yeah. if I remember when um, David Yves mm -hmm. was at the yeah. French embassy. He called us and said that the French embassy wants to sponsor us to speak French and we can come to Alliance Francais for free to free. learn. Yeah. That was an opportunity. It was, didn't take yeah. it. And it slipped. Should have. Yeah, we should have. But then have. we got entangled with travel here, travel yeah, there. We're never stable. I understand. Oh. So I, I didn't want to ask you because you mentioned something interesting about your what you were told about Ethiopia before you first visited. Mm. Yes. And what how crucial the work that you've done and the brand you've built is, is to... Um, um, shaping the perception and you know Ethiopia. and the power that media has to do that mm. because there are people who've never visited Nigeria that have an exact image of what they think Nigeria is mm. and I have as well I mean mm. South Africa you know xenophobic to Nigerians at least mm -hmm. but they're also very beautiful places I'm sure they're yeah. good people in yeah. say as well um, when when you get the results that you've gotten through your work how does that make you feel knowing that you're you're playing such a pivotal role. Hmm. Well, that means uh, for me, oh. I feel fulfilled when I see people now traveling Africa instead of always wanting to go to Europe and the Americas that they see and hear about. People now, people, I mean, when we started throwing the spotlight on the music of South Africa, yes. the tourism of South Africa, a lot of people wanted to visit. People started visiting, and I initially, visa. To, to to Nigerians into South Africa was on 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 entry on arrival, on arrival yeah. right and a lot of Nigerians were you know migrating going to South Africa for one reason or the other but when the influx became too much they now insisted you have to get a visa from here and I see Nigerians I see what we do impacting positively on Nigerians and now we are clothes made by Africans yes. it doesn't have to be you know known designer for in I mean our direct became fashionable. Yes. People wore something made by African designers. We had, to, I mean, I know how many African designers like AFAM, Franco Sodi, there are many Franco Sodi, you know, Regalia, Rewa, you know, even um, Sister Box, she's a South African designer. There's um, Nalem. A lot of them. Nalem in Ghana made clothes for us to showcase on the program. And, you know, it became African designers all of a sudden shut up, you know, went up. In their rating and and they are, they know that now people are looking up to them. People are buying their clothing. They they're on the world they, stage. Yeah, and the world they improved the fashion shows. You know, African fashion shows became a hit. So it's not. I mean, it's it's not in small measure what we. I mean, was when you throw the spotlight on anything, any culture, any yes. culture. You 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 see. I mean, people and even the people from that culture, mm -hmm. they begin to gravitate towards you. They begin to. I remember meeting. An Ethiopian woman somewhere here in, in, in Nigeria, and she said, "Oh, the okay, show. your show is the best on air." I said, "Oh, really? Why?" He said, <laughs> "You, you went to Timkat. You, you featured Timkat okay. in, in Ethiopia, yeah. you know, and these people are beautiful people. Yeah. You know, I mean, when a beautiful woman says your program is the best <laughs> on air, <laughs> you know, you and, I, and then I said, Tena Stelin." <laughs> you know, yeah. I speak one or two. It's you know, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Okay. You know, Eric, yeah. you know, when you asked Isaac at the beginning of this show how he feels having impacted so much on people, and he told you, for me, I feel like on the spot constantly mm -hmm. because 
we have wet the appetite of people. We have put it out there. And people are looking up to us for more. People are looking up to us for authentic news about their culture. I call it news because sometimes you're hearing about a particular culture for the first time. Indeed. Mm. Now, I'm coming out of a panel where we're discussing fake news mm -hmm. or fake content. Yes. And I, I say with all sense of responsibility that we usually carry that burden of let's make sure that what we're saying to people is the correct thing. Absolutely. So we're not like a flash in the pan and we're not out to get followers for following sake because our monies are not from getting followers, but it's not really because about them or because of the money. The truth is that we feel that we have a divine responsibility to showcase the best of Africa, first to Africans and then to the rest of the world. Especially so, as Africa keeps getting negative news. That was when we started. Yes. Today, yes. we are all pumping out the, 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 our beautiful African stories. Yes. Look at the Afro bits. Yes. Look at what it's doing around the world, you yeah. know? So for me, it's a, it's a responsibility. That's how I feel about the success of Google yeah. Africa. It's and, a responsibility. And part of what we did, look at, I mean, MTN came in and started sponsoring festivals, mm -hmm. you know, in the culture. A lot of brands. A lot of brands. From you know, banks to telecom become, and mm -hmm. the, the drink companies, yes. and what have you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm very happy that you mentioned that, that your panel was on examining tools to help identify and root out fake content in the digital age. And you mentioned how big a responsibility that is. Because, and it's yeah. important that, you know, um, uh, people like you who have built a brand over the years can say that because there are a lot of people who are who've you know consumed your content and may or may not know that they've been influenced yes. heavily by the work that you've done, but may not pay as close attention to understanding the nuances when they present people's cultures and people's stories to a wider audience. So thank you, you know, for saying that and thank you for having that responsibility even after 20, almost 25 years yeah. of doing Gogi Africa. And just the one last question to wrap up is first of all, how do you stay looking so young and, and staying ahead of the curve and going everywhere? How often do you exercise? I, we need the routine. Uh, <laughs> I, now, did I, you tell them about Noel? Noel. Noel, the guy from... Um, okay, that's what I call it. It's from... Caribbean. Caricou. Caricou. From Caricou, yeah. yeah. Uh, he used to watch our show from yes. London and he says that he prays, but that before he dies, he's able to visit Africa. That's brilliant. Do you understand? That's and that's the power of Gogi Africa. And he said that everything he knew about or knows Africa. about Africa, he learned from Gogi Africa. From Gogi Africa. So, so I, I, want to, I want to ask, how do, you, how do you, because it's a very competitive market now in the digital age, Instagram, all, yeah. how do you stay ahead of the curve? Um, honestly, I don't see the competition. What the younger ones are doing online is what we would like them to do, to cover part of that space. Because it's, if the void is there, and African storytellers are not taking it. We have Europeans telling our story for us online. So it's not a competition. They are actually com uh, complementing and collaborating the story we've been telling over the years. That's right. And for us, we're still very dominant. And telling it differently. Yeah, yes. We're still very dominant in the traditional media. And that is even where they, um, we get lots of our patronage from. But that is not to say that we're not moving gradually into the digital media to help cushion the stories that our younger ones are telling online mm -hmm. and also help bring a lot of authenticity to the stories that are put out there. Because when people say, if you say, ah, I saw this thing, these people, this is how they do in Guinea-Bissau. Somebody say, who told you that? Where did you see it? Once you say 
it is from Google Africa. So okay. But if you say it's from one blogger like that, I beg go and sit down. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So we need to also come into that space big time. And we're doing it gradually to authenticate what they are doing. You're migrating. Yeah. We're not living the, the traditional no, media. No, no. Traditional media reaches wider people. I mean, when we talk about social media, hello. Yeah. How many people are on social media in yeah. Borono? Fair enough. You understand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the same. How many people are on social media in far away, one country that, you know, yeah. it's, social media is more for the cities because and the data, mobile people. Mm -hmm. Data Digital, is still expensive in Africa. It's very expensive yes. in Africa. Yes. And it's, it's still coming. So the space of traditional media is where we are and we need to keep that going. It's like saying that, oh, because of the invention of email, the post offices don't work anymore. They still They're, still, They're still there. Yeah. They're still profitable. Very profitable, yeah. even more now. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you order online, don't you need it delivered? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and it's good because you just mentioned what digital can do and how we can collaborate instead of just one It's thing a collaboration. And exactly. And that's what we are trying to achieve here at Africast 2023. I am so excited that I got to have you both. We're just sharing a story with the production team of how we tried to get Isaac Moses yesterday mm -hmm. on the pod. We couldn't. Then I told my producer, whatever you do, <laughs> sit in that panel and let's oh, get it. And then we have both of you together. Yeah. TV royalty, Nekan, Isaac Moses, Goge Africa Worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. For Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.